Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to the title sponsor of the Big Show. That is Big O. Save up to $190 off Michelin tires with financing options available. Only your locally owned and operated Big O tires, the team you trust. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, live from the warehouse, Orem location today, 86 East University Parkway. It's time for your daily assist. Let's get right to it. Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Howard Beck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Happy Friday, Howard. How are you? Hey, guys. Doing well. How are you? Hey, we are doing great. Uh, you know, it seems like the, the Jazz keep winning games, Howard, and uh, and looking really good doing it. Beat the uh, shorthanded Clippers team the other night, but beat them by 18 points uh, nonetheless. And this time, Rudy Gobert had 20 and 20. And Gordon asked me this question earlier, and I'm curious to your answer, How- Howard. Who is the Jazz most valuable player? Maybe not their best player, but who do you think has is the most valuable player to this Jazz team? It's a great question, and of course, it's a question everyone's kind of, you know, uh, banding about right now. Just because, in trying to determine all stars, and you know, we got, we heard the all star starters last night. And now the coaches will pick the seven reserves, but everyone's doing their exercise right now, right? Writers, fans, everybody about well, who rounds out these rosters? And you know, the three of them are not going to all make it. Obviously, you're not going to get Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley, and. Um, and, and and it's it's an interesting exercise to start parsing out, you know, the traditional stats, the advanced stats, um, roles that guys play, and, and deciding like, well, what if you know, or if, if two of them are making it, is it automatic you just repeat Mitchell and Gobert? Because Conley, the advanced stats, uh, you know, are are really strong on, and his raw numbers are never going to be what Donovan Mitchell's are, and Mike Conley's raw numbers, even in his best years in, in Memphis, weren't always necessarily jumping off the page, although he had some pretty good years. Um, I think the answer to the question, I think, goes back to something I said when we spoke last week, which is that you know Rudy Gobert sets the floor for this team, and Donovan Mitchell is, is the ceiling, um, meaning that Rudy Gobert gives them their defensive identity and makes them – the team that you know for sure night in, night out, season in, season out, with rare exceptions, is going to be elite defensively. And that gives them a certain floor for success. And then you need the offensive dynamism to carry you, you know, to the next step to make you, you know, a playoff or a mid-tier playoff team, a top-tier playoff team. And in this case, now best team in the league by record. And I think that, that Donovan's shot creation and scoring, just the kind of the, the, the electricity to his game – is, is what powers them. So, you know, Rudy, Rudy Gobert, I think, is the answer to the question. If I, had, like, if I had to say there's like one guy 
who's the MVP of the Jazz, I think it's Rudy Gobert because defensively everything starts with them. And even offensively, of course, a lot of what they do starts with what Rudy Gobert uh, can do in terms of setting screens, in terms of his threat diving to the basket and how that affects defenses. Um, and so, you know, as much as the advanced numbers love Mike Conley and as much as the raw numbers favor Donovan Mitchell, it's probably Rudy Gobert. Um, but I, 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 think, I think most people around the league would, would agree with that, but I'm not sure. I, 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 I think that's the right answer. Howard, would you ever consider Rudy Gobert for MVP talk? It's a tough one because, you know, like, so, you know, we all do this differently. We all attack this exercise differently as media people, as, as media voters, which I am. Um, I tend to lean toward, you know, this basic construction of not best player on best team necessarily, because sometimes best team, you know, what is best team? Maybe it's separated by a couple of wins. One team got 65 wins, the other one got 63. It's not, it's not so rigid as that. You would like to think that the MVP is the best player from the best team, but it doesn't always work that way. So it's to me, it's this sliding scale, this you know, kind of almost undefinable combination of dominant individual play and team success. And so the, to me, the MVP always comes from a, a top two, top three team in the conference, um, a team that you can say is, is, is definitely a contender. They don't have to be the favorite. They just have to be you know, a, a viable, legit contender. And that's where my MVP choices have always come from. And so the individual excellence part is, is the part that gets tricky, right? Because we tend to go by the traditional stats, points, rebounds, assists. Most MVPs are guys who, who are offensive engines of their team. They, they, they average 25, 28, 30 points, whatever. And we've had some, you know, exceptions here and there. I mean, the, the one that leaps to mind immediately is, you know, Steve Nash in his back-to-back years averaged, what, like 17, 18 points. He, he, he was, you know, incredibly efficient, and he defined those Phoenix Suns teams, which, you know, the years he won, I think they, had, they definitely had the best record in the league one year, and they might have, you know, the second year. I can't recall for sure. But Steve Nash was rewarded for, for being the heart and soul and engine of that Phoenix Suns team, even if his stats, at least his scoring stats, didn't leap off the page. That would be the case for Rudy Gobert. His stats, especially his scoring stats, are never going to leap off the page. But he's also not a point guard. Like, you know, Steve Nash could say, well, I'm not, I'm not going to take a lot of shots because I think it's my job to set up everybody else. But you could still credit their offensive uh, productivity and efficiency to Steve Nash. It's harder to make that case for Gobert. So then you go to, but defense is half the game argument. I have a weird uh, take on that this discussion, by the way. We'll put that to the side for the moment. But um, is, is Gobert's uh, importance to them, especially defensively and somewhat offensively, enough. If they finish with the best record in the league, does that do it? Um, it's a really interesting case. I don't know that we've had anything quite like it. I kind of hope that we get there. Like, I, it would be phenomenal if, if the Jazz finished the season with the best record and we're all now just trying to figure out does this make Rudy Gobert potentially the MVP over LeBron and Joel Embiid and Giannis and Steph Curry and the rest of these guys. Like, it would be a fascinating discussion. I tend to think that what will happen is he, he will end up on some ballots. Donovan Mitchell might end up on some ballots, but they'll probably be in the third through fifth slots 
I don't think either of them would win. I think we're going to view the Jazz, uh, and I can't speak for the entire national media, even though people ask me to sometimes. I think we're going to see the Jazz mostly as an ensemble cast where all these guys are, are you know, if not equally important, pretty close to, to equally important, whereas certain other teams, a LeBron-led team, a Giannis-led team, are incredibly uh, or highly defined by a single individual. And I don't know that the Jazz are that, which is why you guys are even asking the question of, well, who's the MVP of the Jazz? Like, I think Jazz fans probably having that debate would, would have a, a, you know, a wide variety of opinions on that, right? They're, they're more of an ensemble. I think that's how we're going to view them, and that makes it harder to pick an MVP, uh, an NBA MVP off that team. Howard, you can't hit us with a potential aside like that and not expect to be asked to follow up. You mentioned uh, defense is half the game in this equation. Finish your thought. All right. So, I mean, I, I was going to say you have to indulge me, but you asked the question, so you've already indulged me. Like, uh, it's your fault. It's your fault when we go off the rails here. Uh, I cannot account for how many listeners you're going to be losing in the next few minutes um, or how many of them will think I'm insane. So... <laughs> People always say this, right? Uh, and it's usually an argument about um, you know when we're knocking you know a James Harden or knocking Kyrie Irving or Russell Westbrook or Steph Curry. You know, okay, they're great offensively, but but defense is half the game. What about defensively? What about you know you know but you know give me Kawhi Leonard because he plays both sides. Give me Paul George. Give me you know whatever Jalen Brown. Um, I you know mathematically, I, I I think it's indisputable that defense is half the game. That like that's just it's just fundamentally true, right? You play at one side, then you play at the other side, and you alternate. You go back and forth. Um, so I, I think mathematically, I'm 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 a lost cause here when I'm when I make this case. But I think philosophically or realistically, defense is not half the game because if defense were really as important, um, this game would not be so much defined by the great scores of all time, right? All of the greats, all the guys that we think of as the all-time greats, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, on and on through, it's because of their offensive gifts. And I think that if you have a guy who is an, an elite scorer, James Harden, but he doesn't play defense, but you got a guy who's an elite defender, say Tony Allen, but he can't score, every single person in the NBA is going to take James Harden over Tony Allen. Now, granted, I have just given a very extreme example but that's kind of where this is. Like, Dirk Nowitzki, he was, he was an MVP once. Um, Dirk was never known for playing much defense, if any, at all. But we would absolutely take Dirk over, I don't know, whoever the best big man defender you can think of who only averages 10 points a game. Like, so we can say that we can we all get cute about it and, and, and say defense is really important and it's half the game and blah, 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 blah. This game is defined by, powered by, um, and 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 just generated by the, the great offensive players. It just is, and and that means that uh, you know guys who are known more for their defense, who are not offensive engines and offensive producers, are are not going to be regarded at quite the same level. Do you think coaches feel the same way, Howard? I think that. Um, Coaches will talk a good game about, I want guys who can defend and who will defend this and that. But again, if you give them the choice between, um, again, I know it's a ridiculous example, but I, I, I don't know a better example than Tony Allen. Tony, like, a, like uh, maybe Marcus Smart, right? Or trying to think of like, who's, you know, who's another great defender. If, if you, if you 
give me a guy like Drew Holiday is a great two-way player, right? Really great defender at the point guard position or both guard positions, and a really really good offensive player. Not a dominant offensive player, but very very good. Everybody would love to have Drew Holiday. You would still take James Harden or Kyrie Irving over him. Well, Kyrie's got his own baggage, but you would take Harden over him, you know, ten times out of ten. Like you would take Steph Curry ten times out of ten. Like I, I, when you take when you have the elite offensive players, the all-time greats, you don't care whether they defend or not. Michael Jordan did defend. LeBron James does defend, and so it's what put those puts those guys at an even higher level. But nobody ever worried about whether Magic Johnson defended, um, or you know, or, or Steph Curry or Steve Nash. Like. Um, I, I think coaches, when it comes right down to it, want guys who can get their own shot, who can create, who can hit a shot in, in crunch time, and they'll talk about how important defense is, and they'll hope they have some defenders. But if you're drafting a team, those same coaches are going to go for the guys who are the elite offensive talents, even if those guys don't play defense. I wonder if Bill Russell fits into that category. Howard, where would you put him? I know that was a long time ago. Um. I mean, clearly, so this is an interesting one because when we have, like, when people talk about the GOAT, greatest of all time, and Michael Jordan is the GOAT, is LeBron James, you know, you know, can he knock him off? Has he knocked him off? You know, whatever. And we get in this whole ridiculous debate. And somebody from a different generation, um, you know, the, the, the folks who came up on, on Kareem in that time will say, well, hold on, how are you guys saying it's about Jordan versus LeBron? What about Kareem? And they've got a case. And then you say, well, if it's about championships, you go back to Bill Russell. Well, Bill Russell, he was the last – he was maybe the only guy in NBA history who defined a team, a championship team, a dynasty, clearly, by his defensive uh, prowess, his defensive dominance. You know, we're never going to think of Bill Russell as an offensive dynamo, right? And, and you can't even start comparing – his game to to the other guys that we have in this goat discussion, but he's the greatest champion that the, the game has ever had. Um, and so, in that era, that was enough. In this era, and especially in the last ten years of this era, when the game, you know, the scoring has just gone through the roof, three point shooting, um, the pace of the game, everything is about scoring now. The defensive rules have been changed to to you know make it hard to play defense, frankly it means that we value the scoring that much more. And so it's, it's as you guys know, I hate the, the cross-era discussions or debates because I think there's no, there's, there's no good answer because the game changes so much. This is another one of those. Um, Bill Russell was amazing in his time. If there were a Bill Russell of today, we would still appreciate that guy, and he'd be Defensive Player of the Year a few times, and he might even anchor a championship team, but he probably wouldn't get the same acclaim as, you know, Steph Curry, LeBron James, and Kevin Durant. Well, Howard, I'm certainly glad we we got off onto that aside. That's a that's a really <laughs> fascinating discussion. I'm glad we dove into that because you're right. I mean, we do view it through that prism, whether it's right or not. We see that we see the offense. That's what we see. And and we all do this, right? Like it's like everybody wants to like like you know um, wants to to put a. a, a, a uh, excuse me. Um, put their, their their foot down and say no, no, no. Defense, it's important. Everyone wants, wants to like, like you know, uh, you know, make it clear that we understand the game and that and that and how important defense is. And so people will do that. We will take our stand um, in these debates. But as a practical matter, it still comes down to shot creation. Like this game is about 
scoring first and then trying to stop the other guy after that. But first you have to be – and this was the other – that was my last uh, ridiculous uh, uh, aside on, on this, this whole tangent. If I gave you a team of five elite offensive players who don't play defense and I gave you a, another team of five elite defenders who can't score, which team are you picking to win that game? If I gave you five Tony Allens versus five Steph Currys, who's winning the game? That's a great point. Yeah. So there you go. There's my ridiculous thought for the day. Uh, Thank Howard, you. Can I, can I sneak one more question in? Uh, I know we ask you this every week, an update on your view of the Jazz. And uh, Jake mentioned they have not uh, lost since we talked with you last. They just keep on winning. Their differential now is a plus 9.6. Any any new updates on the way you're viewing this team, or or, or do you, is the is the belief that this team is more than maybe what it was originally thought grown? How, where are you on that? I will say this: um, one of one of the caveats I, I put up there because I'm obnoxious and I like throwing caveats on things. One of the things I think I told you guys over the last couple of weeks is let's see what happens when they really have to face all the elite teams because they'd seen a couple of them, but they're mostly just dominating. You know the 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 rest of the field, which is fine. You need to do that. That's important. But I want to see how they would do in this stretch where they would have to play the Celtics and the Bucks and the Sixers and the Clippers. And, oh, look, they just beat all of them. <laughs> so um, if I was looking for some kind of certification uh, for their record by then beating the elite teams repeatedly, they have done that. Um, they've got another game against the Clippers, of course, uh, tonight. Um, Tonight. Yeah. Uh, Lakers coming up. Um, and the Sixers one more time before this first half of the season ends. Um, but, I mean, listen, like, there, there's, there's no question. There's nothing. Once you've, once you've beaten uh, the caliber of teams they've beaten the last, and, and as convincingly as they have, you can't still suggest, well, is there any fluky element to it? Or are they just cleaning up against the bad teams? Is this... You know, the only other thing that's going to come up now is going to be, all right, are they just a great regular – and we've talked about this. Are they just a great regular season team? Because we've seen the Bucks do that. Bucks great regular season, last couple of years, knocked out in the playoffs. Uh, Atlanta Hawks, the 60-win Atlanta Hawks one year. Um, you know, and, and then they became a paper tiger. The question for them – and I don't think that's what this Jazz team is, and they're built differently than, than, than the other teams you're talking about. Um, but the, the – uh, sustainability and, and the test for them is, is, of course, truly going to be in the postseason. But as I've also said on your show, that's get, we fast forward too much sometimes in these discussions, and I'm guilty of it. And I, I think a lot of this should be just enjoy what they're doing right now, and we'll see what, what, uh, what happens in the postseason when we get there. We'll see how well they hold up against the great teams and, and whether they can beat the Lakers four out of seven or the Clippers four out of seven or whoever else. Like it's, we'll get there when we get there. In the meantime – what they're doing is, is outstanding, and I think it's it's very real and sustainable. Um, the playoffs are always another matter, but I think they play a brand of basketball that, that should hold up very well in the playoffs. Howard, thank you as always. Have a great weekend, and we'll catch you next Friday. Appreciate it, fellas. Thank you. Thank you. The great Howard Beck.
uh, from Sports Illustrated with us here on 97.5 and uh, 1280 The Zone. Really fascinating stuff uh, about defense, and maybe we can dive into that a little bit uh, coming up next, Gordon. But we are live from the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway. Price is so low to blow your mind, and of course, they get the best deals out there, and they pass along the savings to you, and even more so at the Orem location. Right now, they are closing this location, consolidating some things to uh, the Salt Lake location, but Gordon, they don't have enough room, and that's a problem. So they've got yeah. a whole giant store here of, of furniture. I'm standing up now, Gordon, and, and yep, it's official, wall to wall, and this all has got to go. Yeah, and uh, Clayton's too lazy to move it all himself. So hey, be nice. It. Yeah. He, they well, don't have room for it in Salt Lake. He told you that. You can yeah. see, continue to be mean. Uh, but yeah. the point is, you're you're going to benefit. I mean, we're looking at sectionals, adjustable beds. Clayton dropped it on us earlier that a, a queen adjustable bed for two hundred bucks. I mean, well, they get these. They, you know, they get these great deals, and and then uh, I mean, uh, great deals for them, and then they pass on those deals at a small profit for them. I mean, they're in business, but now they're so motivated that. I mean, from what I understand, it seems as though they're darn near giving this stuff away. Yeah, take advantage of it. If you've got a, a condo to furnish or, or a house or maybe you just moved, now is the time. The warehouse is the place, 86 East University Parkway here in Orem. Also, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake if you're down in the Valley. We'll have more coming up next, live on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. With friends like you, who hates enemies, you ain't right, you ain't This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on back. Thanks for making us part of your day. Live from the warehouse here in Orem, 86 East University Parkway. The best deals in town just got even better. you got to come out and find out for yourself. 86 East University Parkway. It's the warehouse. Gordon, uh, can we talk about what Howard uh, do- dove into in the, sure. in the last segment about uh, two-way players, our perception, you know what uh, what matters when determining most valuable, and I don't uh, I don't necessarily disagree with Howard on, on from the perception standpoint, but I I think that legends, I mean truly the legends of the game, are two-way players. And maybe maybe I'm up in the night, but that's that's a belief that I've held firm with for quite some time. Yeah, I've heard you say that before, and when you look at some of the names that he was ticking off there, most of them were good defensive players. Now, there's always the example of, like, James Harden. But when you talk about Jordan, you know, or Kareem, or players of that ilk, I mean, they could. And, and when he said that you take the five great offensive players against five great defensive players, how's that going to go? That's because most offensive players, who are people who are known for offense, can play a modicum of defense, and if you can't shoot, it's going to be hard to score no matter how good you are. You've got to score to win still. I just think that, um, well, let me put it this way. To be the, a legend, legend, you know, we're talking about the creme de la creme, right? 
you know, you, you've got to have monstrous success at a very high level. I mean, a lot of times we, we calculate that with championships. I don't think it always has to be calculated that way. But, you know, talking about success, and, and I don't think you can have that ultimate success. I mean, who are the true one-way guys in NBA history? Yeah, we're talking about some great players, some, some legends, but not the creme de la creme. Like, why don't yeah. we view Dominique Wilkins the same way we view Kobe Bryant? You know, he couldn't ever get over the top and win at the highest level, and he couldn't play D, couldn't get stops. I think great, uh, great defensive players, if they win championships, they get a lot of credit by that. Like he talked about Bill Russell. They, but you know, but how many we, how many we wouldn't think of Bill Russell. We wouldn't think of Bill Russell in the same in the same lofty ways as we do without those uh, those <laughs> two uh, two handfuls of uh, championships. So let, let's do this exercise for a second. Number one players on championship teams. How many one-way, just offensive guys have won titles being the number one dude? Steph well, Curry, he, maybe? And he said, uh, uh, who else did he say? He Because Kyrie other... Irving won a title, but he wasn't uh, the number oh, one guy on that. Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki. Okay. All right. I, I mean, there are examples, but they're they're very few and far between. Uh, was was Magic Johnson a good defender? Uh, you would have more expertise on that, uh, being the uh, lover of Magic Johnson's career that you are. Um, but I mean, I think it helped that he was bigger than the guys he was guarding, probably. Yeah i I don't recall him being. I think most really good offensive basketball players can play defense when they have to. There are some who aren't willing to often because they don't want to expend the energy. But I, I, you've heard me say this a thousand times, Jake. I believe if you're if you're athletic enough to be good on offense, you probably are good enough to be a decent defender. Now I know you got to have the grit and the toughness and the and and the desire and all of that stuff in place but usually when it comes down to winning championships you uh you got to be able to do it you, uh, you t- we brought up those great laker teams well who was who was uh, the best defender on those great laker teams way back in the beginning jake one of them was michael cooper and he isn't thought of as in the same light as those offensive players the james worthies and the the magics and kareem could but obviously was a good defender but uh you know, I mean, the offensive guy almost always gets the glory. Uh, now, whether whether it should be that way, I think Howard makes a fairly compelling argument if you have to pick one or the other. But like you said, most of the greats could do both. Well, I just see if I were a coach, I would hate that opinion of Howard's. Not necessarily that it's wrong, but because these players that we're talking about are so wet rare. And I go back to, do you remember Jabari Parker's comment? And this yeah. was in a this was in a preseason, I believe, or, or before the season started. And here's his quote. He said, well, I don't know. I just stick to my strengths. Look at everybody in the league. They don't pay players to play defense. There's only two players historically who play defense. I'm not going to say that I, uh, that I won't but to say that's a weakness is like saying that's everybody's weakness. I've scored 30s and 20s off guys who say they try to play defense. Well, that is true. You do see a lot of guys who will ease up at the defensive end a little bit here and there during the regular season. 
So, but I, but see, if I'm a coach, I, I hate that take because Jabari Parker isn't James Harden. So how about you go out there and give it a little something on the defensive end? Because that's probably why Jabari Parker's career isn't hasn't gone the way he's wanted to go because he hasn't been able to stay on the floor. Because if you're not scoring 30s, then you're pretty much worthless. Yeah, you don't want to give up more than you gain. So, uh, I mean, you know, where Howard's right, true, but it also leads to that mentality and not every guy is James Harden. And right. I think the the fact that the Jazz are top five in both offense and defense is what makes them the best team in the league this year. You yes. can't ignore, you know, we can, I said this yesterday, we can get caught up in all the three-point barrage and, you know, the, the what, they had four players score at least 20 points the other night. I mean, we can get all caught up in those well, headlines. Wasn't it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it, wasn't it 25? Wasn't it 25? I thought it was over uh, 20. I'd have to go back well, and look. Maybe it was but, but the point being, I think what makes the Jazz great is not just that they have that element of their team, but but they they can also play bone crushing defense, mm-hmm. and that's what makes the Jazz better than say the Nets in my opinion, where we can get all caught up in these three legendary offensive players playing together. But if they don't get stops, Gordon, they ain't gonna win. But, but let's 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 examine that a little bit. What is different about the Jazz this year from last year defensively? Because remember when we were talking about what they needed to do to, uh, to, to, to make that next step? One of them was perimeter defense, right? Well, what's the difference between last year and this year? One, I think Rudy is better defensively than he was last okay, year. Okay, but I'm I talking about on the possible. perimeter. Well, I know, I know, I'll get it. Yeah. But I think, Rudy, I think Rudy does have an effect on, on perimeter defense right, the way he when plays, they draw particularly, yeah, sure. particularly against the pick and roll. I think he's he's just unbelievable at covering two guys. So he buys a lot of time for for the perimeter defender. But I think familiarity in the in the game plan makes a lot of difference when it comes to guys like Bogdanovich and Conley. Bogdanovich meaning that you can hide him a little bit with the scheme and Conley meaning that I think he's got this personal chip on his shoulder where he wants to go out and guard the other team's best guard and I don't know if he's ever had that in his career but I think he's sensed that as a role that he can play on this team you know this is the what was Conley's issue last year he was figuring out where he can make an impact on this team and I think he's figured out that that's a place that he can make an impact, where he can go out and play really hard-nosed defense on the other team's best guard. Um, but I think it helps that the scheme is more familiar to everybody, and that they what what's the cliche, Gordon, that they're they're defending on a rope, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. And I think that has had an impact. And then the 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 entire defensive game plan doesn't go out the door as soon as Rudy steps off the floor, and I think that yeah. matters too. A lot, a lot of defenses. I really think it's motivation because all these guys are athletic, most of them. So are they willing to dig in? You talk about Mike Conley. Um, last year we were saying, well, he can't grow any taller, so that's his main deficiency at the defensive end, right? Well, he's better. He's been better this year. How do you do that? Yeah. He has been better. I think it's who he's guarding, Gordon. But maybe credit Royce O'Neal with that, too. You know, Locke came on with this, what was that, yesterday or Wednesday? I think it was Wednesday. And uh, and talked to us how much better Royce has gotten, too, where, you know, he's doing a good job staying in front of other guys. Now, granted, it's not the point guards he's staying in front of, but the Jimmy Butlers of the world, he's stepped up his game. So that's had to have an impact, too, right? I suppose so. I mean... By the way, wasn't Mike Conley? What do you, wait, 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 
Sorry, why don't you answer that? I'm curious your answer to this question. Why are they so much better defensively? I'm I'm not I was I wasn't asking it rhetorically. I was, I was really honestly uh, earnestly seeking a, an answer because you and I talked about that on and on and on last year. That that the wing def, the wings need to be better defensively. I mean, Bogdanovich is not particularly strong at the defensive end. At least he wasn't last year. And this year, uh, like you said, I think you used the word hide, right? Yep. Who else? Who else besides Royce O'Neal is, 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 do you consider a, a strong defender? You have said Conley- on and on, Jake, and I think uh, right on the money, that one of the things you look for in Donovan Mitchell's progression is this this effort at the defensive end? Because as you're talking about, the greats can do both. Yeah. I think Clarkson's been better uh, at defense um, this year. Yeah. I think that's been pretty evident. And randomly, Gordon, George Niang has been really good defensively. Don't sleep on George on that side of the ball because we never think about that. But there's there he's really played hard when he comes onto the floor. And there's actually some defensive metrics that have kind of pointed out how good George has has been, even though he's only playing, you know, 10, 15 minutes a game. So, you know, well, these guys have stepped up. It's talked about a lot as uh, from coaches that communication is really important defensively. We all sort of hear that, and we kind of just shrug and, and move on. But uh, it's that communication is really important. to know position-wise where to be on the floor, how to cover for your – how to help uh, the guy who's helping the other guy and – to make it work. By the way, Mike Conley was all defensive NBA uh, seven years ago. So, I mean, he does have some ability in that regard. Now, maybe that was younger legs, but you'd think that with the savvy that comes with uh, being a veteran, maybe maybe he really is capable of playing, uh, putting up that kind of resistance uh, on the reg. Not Sports Port coming up next, live from the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway. We're here in Orem. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. want to remind you about Davis Vision, uh, giving you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses. That's $1,000 off LASIK during the month of February. Start your road to vision today at davisvisionmd.com or call 801-253-3080. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5-1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. My wife and I, we have two beautiful kids, so I watch a lot of Dora the Explorer. (laughs) That's a good show. I'd probably watch that if I didn't have kids. (laughs) Dora the Explorer. First of all, did the producers think that rhymes? Dora the Explorer. (laughs) Maybe that rhymes in the Kennedy household. Put on Dora the Explorer. Other than there, there's a song in Dora the Explorer that absolutely amazes me. And I wish I had been at the pitch meeting where it was approved. So did you get a chance to work on a song? Oh, um, yeah. Well, I I remember now. Yeah, we're working on one. Don't worry about it. Why don't you go ahead and sing it for us then? (laughs) Yeah, okay. All right, here we go. I'm the map, 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 I'm the map!
That one was for Gordon, newfound fan of Dora the Explorer. Welcome on back. It's the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse in Orem, 86 East University Parkway. We'll talk to Clayton and Christopher coming up here momentarily. But first, it's time for the Not Sports Report brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Uh, we're going to South Carolina, but before we do, uh, I said that Dora the Explorer, the movie that I just watched last night, that I was a bit ashamed that I watched it. But I did watch it, and and I thought it was mildly entertaining. You know, it had some action scenes and whatnot, but I still feel a little ashamed to admit it, and now you guys are shaming me even more. Uh, I'm just confused how you ended up watching it, but, you know, if you're ashamed of that, that's all right. I told you I was channel surfing without Mm -hmm. the guide, and I stumbled on Door the Explorer. So I, I started watching it, and... I didn't mean to watch it. I didn't have any intention of watching it. And my wife said, what are you watching? And normally, if you heard your wife say something like that, you might think you were watching something tawdry or something. But I, I was just watching Door the Explorer. Okay. All right. kind of wish it was something tawdry. It would be less embarrassing. Uh, Gordon, <laughs> where, let's, let's get to South Carolina, shall we? We shall. This story comes to me at the recommendation of our very own Hans Olsen. He brought it to my attention. And this sounds a little bit like a story that Hans would appreciate. It goes like this. A man in North Carolina, I'm sorry, South Carolina, was intruding, was breaking into the home of a uh, an elderly couple uh, in their house. Uh, I think it might have been a a mobile home. I'm not sure. It doesn't really matter. They're, ha- they're, they're, they're domicile. And the intruder had a big old knife. So what did the intruder do? He ran across a woman in, in, the, in the home, uh, pushed her, and cut her with the knife. Not, not didn't, uh, you know, kill her, uh, just cut her with the knife. Well, the woman was 79 years old. Okay. Now, it takes some kind of dirt bag to do this to anyone. But to a 79-year-old woman, I mean, that, that, that's pathetic. So what happened? This was this is downright Pan Man-like. In fact, I might even need to hear Pan Man because the woman's... The 79-year-old woman, her husband is 82-year-old Herbert Parrish, who happens to be a Vietnam vet. Well, Herbert took care of business. He happened to have a shotgun. He did not, he did not use uh, the shotgun in the way you might think. He took the butt of the, the rifle, the shotgun, and hit the guy uh, over the head and saved his wife and probably saved himself. And uh, th- there was a death involved. The uh, intruder was killed by the man, the 82-year-old man with the butt of a shotgun. Now, there is death and destruction in this story, but there's also a man protecting his home, protecting his wife. 
so that was <laughs> that was Hans's <laughs> suggestion. So I I thought it was a bit of heroism on the part of a man who is now 82 years old, who physically had to take matters into his own hand to protect his loved one. Well, what? into his own hand and the, the butt of a rifle, I suppose. <laughs> what? What? Austin, you don't like it? It's just better suited for her whole world news. Yeah, let's leave it there. Well, wait. We're a little more sophisticated of the palate, aren't we? What? Oh, man. Plus, we already heroic? did 11 minutes on outhouses. I just... It's just it, we didn't do it on outhouses. We did it in a on a bear in an outhouse. Well, still, and yeah. fine. You know, I'll give you this, Gordon. You've done worse. Oh. Like, yeah, that's true. Like that, the other three this week. Yeah. It's a proud yeah. moment. Yeah, proud. All moment. right, we're live here <laughs> at the warehouse, eighty six East University Parkway, and both the guys are jumping on with us today, Christopher and Clayton, down here. Making it happen. What's up, boys? Finally. Holy cow. Finally. Finally got my little brother in here to start working. I mean, we've been taking turns doing basically every other week doing radio spots. Might as well do it together, right? Will you stop running around with your fiance and come to work? Oh, hey, wow. hey, he's got oh. the fiance. Hey, that's just the older brother, 30-year-old older brother who can't get married jealousy talk, I guess. And I've are been you, counting I, my hours on the weekend. I've been working quite a bit. That's true. Clayton, Clayton, are you jealous? Yes. I'm not. I'm proud of him. See, there you go. He's living the dream I couldn't live. <laughs> well. <laughs> do you, do you, do you, don't look at me like that. Do you get along with your future sister? Yeah, she's rad, actually. She's pretty cool? Yeah, she's really cool. She was actually, she came on our Christmas trip, which is crazy how little siblings in the family can get away with things that older siblings could never get away we're yeah, talking. Let's see, let's we're talking about. A boy, <laughs> we're talking about. They're still boyfriend and girlfriend, and she's coming on a family trip, sleeping in the same. How dare they? Uh, taboo. What? Uh, well, I got the ring on the finger, though. That's got to help. Well, oh, yeah, on the eventually. last day of the trip. The last, last day, day of the trip. <laughs> you don't want any premarital bingo going on beforehand, you know? E five. <laughs> Nice. Well, hey guys, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the great yeah. Thank you, Austin. <laughs> let's talk about the great deals because you both uh, are are busy. You're kind of taking things over. You're making it happen, and uh, you, you you're getting the same great deals your dad gets, of course, and passing along that savings right to our listeners and your customers. And to and just to take off of that note, Jake, we have these mattresses, and I and I, I mentioned it earlier on the show, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hammer it again. We can advertise this brand. We have kings down, king size mattresses. You can go anywhere in the state. Google it right now. The cheapest place in the state is five ninety nine. I'm doing it for a hundred dollars cheaper. Any other guy in Utah selling it for five ninety nine? Because they're blowing them out. They're out of package. They're their floor model, whatever. I got five of them. King size, kings down mattresses, four ninety nine. Other guys are more expensive. We're cheaper. Why not come to us? Everything's got to go. We also are doing that queen head-up only base starting at one ninety-nine. The queen headboard only starting at four forty-five dollars. And again, everything must go. And again, when you when sometimes when you say, "Hey, we're closing the store. Everything must go," you kind of get that flavor in your mouth. That's oh, it's just oh, maybe it's just all scratch and dent, or maybe not at all. We still sell our premium. Uh, 
adjustable beds. We're still selling our really nice furniture, sectionals, couches, sofa loves. If I were to take over for two seconds, I had a couple that came in last week. It was like, hey, I was hearing you guys on the radio, and I actually went in the other day and was looking at adjustable beds, and I got a quote. Do you think you guys could price match me? And I said, yeah, 100%. What's the base? What's the model? He came in. I actually showed him the exact base online for the biggest, you know, the the jungle brand down in Brazil. Oh, yeah. They have that base online for $2,175. You pay that price. Heck, I'll go 175 less, pay 19.99, and we'll throw in a king-size mattress for you. And that's on that king-size. And that's why I wanted Christopher to come in because Christopher is he's a stats major, so he's super <laughs> smart. And sometimes, it, all the listeners know, sometimes I get confused with the 1999ers and the 1790. So, Chris, I want Christopher to talk about the adjustable bases because we are doing something special that if you do buy a base, we're throwing in that free mattress. So, like I said, he was quoted, and I'll say this, he was quoted 5200 bucks for an adjustable base and a mattress. And that's in a solid king size. One base, one mattress in a king size. And he's like... I just, I just want to make sure this is legit. Can you guys price match? I want to find out what the brands are. I looked up the brand, said, if you buy this base from us, I'll throw in whatever mattress you want for nineteen ninety nine. That's $3,000 in savings. So nuts to price matching. You guys beat it anyway. And yep. throw in the mattress on and top. And I'll throw you in the free mattress. You can't get that anywhere else. So if you're in the, if you're, if you're in the market and looking for an adjustable, adjustable bed, please Come check us out. We want to earn your business. We'll save you a lot of money. And again, anyone in Utah County or anyone close to Utah County, if you need furniture, need furniture, we have it on our floor. Come by, take it out, and no one's going to beat our prices. Boom. 86 East University Parkway here in Orem, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. All right. We'll have, uh, we're going to let you hear from Joe Ingles coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.